Good morning, fellow Gunners, and welcome to another episode of Canon Talk. I'm your morning, my co-host as usual, Aiden. Us guys, um, big picture to discuss against Leicester, and then, you know, back to the Europa League and Burnley sandwich in between. You know, Arsenal versus the Foxes, uh, a fixture that we've been quite uh, scared of of late because we've always been on the bat and on the receiving end. Yeah, I mean, a, a st- seemingly stomach-churning fixture. You know, when you think of how this Leicester squad uh, dispatched the likes of Liverpool, Chelsea, Spurs, and I mean, even earlier on in the season, put five past Man City. So, I mean, the warning signs were there for probably what could be a real tough tie, especially the way they also suck a punch. You know, they, they showed a different side of the game also, where they beat us at the Emirates in a game that we, you know, should have won. But I mean, we kind of threw that all away. I think also the, the, the lineup that Arteta picked, you know, it was, uh, it was, I was caught in two minds was, does he have this, does he have faith in the players that he's picking? Or does he think that, you know, the Premier League top four is unattainable and, you know, he's just kind of rotating his squad from the Europa League tie against Benfica. So it was kind of, a, you know, a, I didn't know which one he was doing. I mean, I just think now, look, we've gotten out to a point of the season now, especially if you think now how many months are still left in the season. Um, you know, making use of your, you know, the real use of your squad. Because, look, we were almost like just, you know, when push comes to shove, then we were making the changes. But now it's almost like he's not got so much um, belief in the squad. He cannot, you know, you know, he not trust people not to go, like try a new centre-back pairing or try a, a kind of what we would call, say, a mismatch. Uh, centre back pairing, so I think he, as I said, he's not kind of having now a bit more faith in these guys. Yeah, definitely. I just think you know the, the Leno and, and and Ryan. I don't think he has that faith yet in Ryan just yet. I think he's just playing Leno for every game because of the importance of it. So you know, he just you can see he, he trusts Leno more than anyone. And I think you know losing Martinez to an extent could have. You know, made a difference here in this regard where he could have chopped and changed his keepers. Not saying that it's a good idea to always do it, but you know, Leno's body must feel like they can quite a toll at the moment playing game in, game out. I think that will also be, uh, you know, just jumping a bit ahead of, of things, but I think that's also going to be a, a sort of uh, single uh, kind of storyline that we, uh, will be interesting to see in, in the in the off season because look with with. Uh, Ryan, not really, you know, in, in Brighton's plans. And I mean, not really a, a favourite of uh, Graham Potter. So, you know, I, I was like, I wonder if we're going to give him that sort of backdoor option where, he, like, you know, joining Arsenal could be a, a permanent issue like for him for, for next season. Because, look, then it will be, you know, he'll probably be in the, for the domestic cup uh, goalkeeper or something like that. Yeah, he's not, a, he's not a bad understudy. I mean, he did a good job against Aston Villa. Very unlucky with that goal that he conceded so early on. But I think other than that, he didn't do too badly and kept us in the game with some good saves. So, yeah. But, you know, Arsenal's lineup against um, Leicester, you know, on, on paper, you wouldn't have seen it as our strongest lineup. And, you know, you could you, you had that feeling very on early on in that game that this wasn't our strongest lineup. Or in your head, you said, oh, is probably just resting players. And I mean, look, the game that kicks off, both teams kind of sparring with each other. Um, you know, as both teams also now, you know, feeling their way into the game. But that being said, uh, they, uh, Leicester also then started taking more and more of the initiative. And I mean, I was thinking, okay, we're going to, you know, try to hold them at bay for that, you know, what we always talk about, the 20-minute thing where you let them almost like, you know, play themselves a bit out, you know, press and, and do whatever, let them dominate the game. 
And then almost like afterwards, after that 20 minute period, then you start, you know, influencing your own own game. But I mean, by the sixth minute, Tielemans then hustles uh, Xhaka off the ball. He then burst goalwards. And I mean, then you kind of saw like two glaring errors also leading up to what was going to happen because El Nini, of course, does not close down. He just, you know, he kind of runs in towards the box. Uh, Pablo Marie ends up trying to like fend off uh, Jamie Vardy. And I mean, since Xhaka don't have the legs really speed-wise, Tiedemans then has a free run at the Arsenal goal and he ends up just, you know, like a random shot. He just plants past Leno, one no Leicester. That that should have been an easy, I mean, uh, not easy, but I mean, that shouldn't have been a goal from that angle as well, I think, to allow somebody to get so much space. And I think Alneni should have closed down that angle, but, you know, didn't. And I think, like you said, uh, we should have errors leading to the goal. Yeah, because I mean, look, any, I'm sure anybody even listens to the podcast that uh, play football, even if it's playing football in the park, you know if somebody's running towards your goal, whoever's playing ahead of you has to somehow, you know, be sort of a deterrent to that person and not giving giving that, that guy that's attacking your goal, you know, a free run at it. Because yes. it, it was actually, it was really embarrassing. And I mean, I was like right then, then when it was like going down after six minutes, I thought it was going to be a catastrophe of a game for Arsenal because... I just thought, I don't know, for me, I just had kind of glimpses of, you know, just being picked apart at, at Walden against a team like Leicester. Yeah, I mean, Leicester were, I mean, oh, like I said, Arsenal didn't have their, they, they would say, their big guns on the pitch. So, you, you kind of had that stresses of, you know, is it going to be a long day at the office for us Arsenal fans? Then, I mean, look, eighth minute, Leno then ends up passing the ball. And it was like kind of lackluster. Jamie Vardy ends up closing down fast. And Leno kicks the ball into Vardy's shins. I mean, that luckily he wasn't that, you know, that prepared for the ball. Right? Such a poor pass. And I mean, it ends up just bouncing off Vardy's knees and then back into his ends. I mean, close shave for Arsenal, yeah? Yeah, that, uh, and honestly, I feared the worst. I, I was already, like, you know, thinking this game's done, you know. I can't see us coming back, you know. Look at the team we have on the field. And I, I, I don't know, it's like... Leicester started growing into the game, getting stronger and stronger. But like you know, as time went on, there's like a flip switch somewhere along in the game because Arsenal slowly started getting into their stride. Yeah, I mean, 12th minute, supposed penalty uh, when Pepe got tripped by I think it was uh, Tielemans. Uh, VAR, of course, over 10 to two minutes later. But I mean, then then I think like my personal take, I think that was also kind of the turning point because Arsenal kind of. You know, it was like that, that being... Look, it was a, a right, uh, a rightful decision by VAR, but I, I think it was like kind of bonded the team even tighter, uh, got a bit of more fire under, you know, under the backsides. And I mean, I, from that point on, for me, Arsenal then just grew into the game and started just cranking on the pressure. And I mean, that was something that we haven't seen. That uh, Look, we do see it when they play, say, uh, you know, the like the team, say, now middle of the table, like us or lower of the table. But I mean, to see them play against a team that was not second or third in the table at the time, and play a sort of high press that, I mean, it, it started getting even unbearable for Leicester to deal with at one point. Yeah, I mean, Leicester was starting to be quite a rattled. I mean, you, even though they had the lead, they started losing the initiative in the game, and Arsenal just started taking the game to them. I don't know if it's because they played that Europa League outing on Thursday and kind of went full strength and didn't rotate anybody that you could see that they started getting a bit leggy. And I mean, look, but so midway in that first half, you could see Pepper was now skinning that young left back of theirs that looked, um, what's it, Luke Thomas? 
And I mean, that poor guy was like, you know, constantly trying to obstruct uh, Pepe, uh, you know, constantly fouling because they were, I think, of the, of the first, uh, of the one, I think, two challenges I saw that he made. I was actually thinking, how long is this ref actually going to take to, you know, to book him? Because he keeps on with this, you know, constant, uh, you know, hauling down or, as I said, obstructing him. But I mean, then by the 39th minute, Pepe then draws again a foul. This time, I mean, you know, Thomas takes him, okay, like you know, out of the out of the game in a real attacking position, and then finally he gets a, a yellow card. And of course, William then steps up. David Luiz, you know, makes a darting run, and I mean, he catches the whole list of defense who are playing the zonal system. And I mean, he catches all, I think, about four of them cold, and I mean, he just darts in to the head of Arsenal, Michael, 1 1 game on. Yeah, I think Arsenal needed that goal, and, and, and well done by David Luiz as well. I think once that goal went in, I think Leicester's legs started probably getting even heavier because it just seems like Arsenal started overrunning them and there's fresh legs of of, of the Gunners. And, you know, it seems there's um, William, you know, put on his Chelsea blue shirt because he, he's, yeah, that kind of form. And, and, and Pepe as well must have put on that Lille shirt because... They they started showing glimpses of form that, that they had at their previous clubs, which kind of got them contacts at Arsenal. And I mean, a fun side fact that I want to mention, I mean, I don't know how many of the fans or listeners heard about it, but Arsenal, like leading up to the, the goal of David Luiz, uh, with that set-piece coach, he was actually holding up a colour card to them like before the, the <laughs> after the goal. So it's almost like, because uh, look, he, they said, even when he was at Brentford, this uh, Arsenal's uh, set-piece coach, he used to have that system as well with him where they don't need to discuss, uh, like, you know, verbally the thing. They just hold up a colour card and it will, when they see the colour, they know exactly what sort of run they're going to make for the play, uh, the tactical play. So, I mean, for me, those was a very, very clever uh, tactical thinking to even, uh, you know, worm out that goal for us. Yeah, I know it, it, it was. I, I was very pleased with it and, and, you know, it's not often we score with set pieces, so you know you, you take that 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 equaliser, and like I said, Arsenal just went from strength to strength in in the in the game. Yeah, in forty second minute, uh, Emil Smith Rowe picked up a, a muscular injury, I think around the groin area, and then I think also for safety measure, I mean, he ended up getting hold of by Teta Odegaard then came on. Yeah, I mean, Odegaard, I, I told you, he, he seems to do a, a better role when he comes from the bench. So, it, it, it just seemed like he, he, he fitted in quite nicely and got the tempo, you know, the ball moving all the time when he came onto the field. Because I think, I, I mean, I don't know how you see it or like the listeners as well, but it's almost like when the two of them together, they kind of cramp each other's style. You know, yes. Old school way of talking about it. But it's like when each, you know, when, almost like the stage is set just for one of the two. Then they really will turn it up. But I think, look, uh, Emil Smith Road looked kind of, you know, a bit under the weather in the latter parts of that, that Benfica game. And I think in this game, it was almost like getting too much for him as well. Because even up to that point where he got the injury, he did not look, you know, himself, though, you know, the way we know he can play and, and, and drive the team forward. He, he looked almost like lethargic at, at some point. And I think that's also kind of, you know, where it all built up. And then, you know, I think eventually a muscular thing kind of got him down then. But I mean, the change was then made. On the stroke of half-time, Pepe then has a uh, effort at goal as he's about to fall. Indeed, uh, he ends up blocking the ball, but, you know, high up on the, on, quite high up on the arm, or just below the elbow, I believe. And after close inspection by VAR, a penalty is given to Arsenal. Like I said, steps up, bang, 2-1 Arsenal. Nice goal of the season for the Frenchman. 
Yeah, like it's um, like I said, finally, you know, he, he's stepping up to the plate, and I mean, he's having a real good time at the moment. Like you know, he, he was holding off the ball nicely, he was keeping up the ball, and it was something we've missed. You know, you know, we've been always talking about it, but he's links up the plays around him very nicely. Something about me doesn't do when he plays as a centre forward. Yeah, and second half, then Arsenal, of course, the the you know, I mean, of course, we also knew the way the Foxes were going to come out. Um, but I mean, of, of course, we I think we also all picked up also on it about the uh, the substitution, the inevitable one where Luke Thomason had, had to come off at halftime, but then bring on you know somebody that can almost like more stabilize the whole squad, you know, because they were struggling yeah. flank with Pepe. Um, then of course. Kind of nightmare moment again for for Leicester City, as you were saying, you know, having to play a full strength team. The the, the Thursday night against Slavia Prague, they ended up having, roughly playing the same squad for the this game against Arsenal. And I mean, Harvey Barnes, you know, one of the key players of the season, he ends up collapsing, like you know, he collapses to the, the deck in an unchallenged and in distress. And then later, it was then found out that a, a small part of bone in his knee broke off. Yeah, that's not the nicest injury to have. I mean, even though they are you know, yeah. top four rivals, or not that we that close to them, but you know, you don't wish that on any player, regardless of you know which club they play for. So, yeah. you know, obviously a speedy recovery for him. But I, I think you know that you could see that wheels started coming off of, um, and it's almost like they tried to you know when you try to fix something and try to just put masking tape on it or you know insulation tape just to try to put tape the things together and I think that all just started breaking off for Leicester because they don't really have a big squad and they've been you know basically trying to squeeze the same players almost week in week out in order to compete and then 52nd minute Arsenal now you know controlling the game more and more to the level of you know smothering the Foxes and uh, like you know then a a free-flowing move involving Pepe Odegaard and William. Pepe then taps in to make it 3-1 for Arsenal. Kasper Schmeichel losing his mind with, with a lesser defending. So, 3-1 Arsenal. It was such a very, you know, how he carved them up. I mean, it was a um, lovely play by Xhaka as well. You know, like I said, starting also off there. It was, it was really good. I mean, Pepe as well. I was really impressed with, with, with his play. You know, uh, up until that goal, he really deserved getting that goal. So, I mean, like my personal take, I mean, what I really enjoyed about it, I mean, like... You know that the, the, even the way the old second half panned out because you know that what that I'm just bringing now back again what you were saying about the, the you know the, the fatigue levels and that you could see they were struggling and I mean we were almost like upping the game so much you know when they were I don't know if you noticed there were times when Lisa were actually looking for uh, you know moments to to you know get a breather because I think there was also one moment where. We want to take the throw in fast, and then uh, I don't know if it was Tielemans or somebody kick almost like a second ball onto the pitch. Yeah, they could like you know gather like you know the strength again because also uh, you know literally relentless on them. Yeah, I mean hopefully we can see more of this kind of Arsenal. I mean it will really hold well for for um for the rest of the season if we can continue playing in this vein of form. I mean they they almost played Leicester into submission, something we haven't seen in a very long time. Then I'm in the 65-minute key moment. Uh, Ian Nacho eats a long ball to Vardy. Already has, uh, I think, about a two-foot head start on uh, Marie. And I think Marie surprised all Gunners because, I mean, he ends up, you know, hauling him for pace and, I mean, just gently nudges him off the ball cleanly. Vardy, of course, looking for the, like, a, a stonewall penalty. But, I mean, Marie, you know, nicks the ball off him and then just casually plays the ball out of the, the defence. 
Yeah, mate, he's definitely one of my favourite defenders at Arsenal at the moment. Like, his, his composure is second to none and he doesn't dive into things recklessly. So, yes, he gave a penalty away against Chelsea back in December. But, I mean, for me, he's a very cool head to have in the team and he brings out the best in his partner all the time. Yeah, Because, yeah, yeah. I mean, you, you even see him with actually the experienced Lava Louise or you see him with Holding or Gabriel. But, I mean, he looks very, you know, unflustered with most things that, that gets thrown at him. Yeah, so I definitely think he was a good buy. I mean, he's not talked about like the Virgil van Dijk's and whoever of this world, but mm-hmm. he does actually, you know, do a job for Arsenal Football Club. And I mean, you can pay him with any centre-back and he brings out the best in him. So, you know, hopefully onwards and upwards with him and he continues to play. Yeah, then 66 minutes, Arsenal then take off El Nene and bring on Thomas Party. You know, as not only stability, but also a bit more, you know, just that extra drive going forward. Yeah, I think Arsenal are very professional with how they, they did things. They also didn't, like, you know, give Leicester too much. There's, like, you know, they almost suffocated them and Leicester with that, you know, that legginess as well. Started, you know, battling very badly to, to, to make anything happen in this game. I think they were probably also hoping that they would just blow the whistle. Yeah, then, I mean, look, three minutes after the substitution for Arsenal, Leicester then forced into a third substitution with... Uh, when they lost Johnny Evans, this time also through injury, and you know, they had to make now their, first, their third sub. So, I mean, they had to almost actually the last 20 21 minutes, you know, with whatever that they're tiring legs from the remaining players that they had on the field. Yeah, I mean, you can just see what squad depth can do, and if everybody pulls out their weight, I mean, you're getting players now who are getting Premier League minutes and you get players, you know, who will drive us in the Europa League. You need a squad to, to kind of get us there. So, I, I'm glad, you know, I did. Uh, was able to believe in his place. Not every day a coach does that. And if it backfired, I'm sure we would have been on his case and said, why did he do that? He's not taking it seriously. And we would have, you know, you know, hammered Arteta. So as the clock winds out, Arsenal make up the, you know, the final substitution they bring off Lacazette. Aubameyang then makes his entrance. Which, I, I mean, that's the only thing I found a bit strange because, um, look, we at least kept Saka, you know, who's like, on the bench for the full 90. But I would have actually had, you know, maybe given, say, somebody like uh, a Martinelli or somebody, just, you know, a bit of extra minutes to get under the belt. Because yeah. I really think somehow you need to get sharpness to a play. And I mean, if, if, if you know, you got almost like the game, uh, you know, sealed, you you actually need somebody, you know, those that, that plays it on that often in the squad. Give him back minutes because, I mean, they do need it. I mean, you know, don't know when they have to come in from the cold. And have to do a job for you. I mean, Martinelli needs to start playing more again. Else, he also might be an happy camper, you know. I mean, I'm sure teams would be gladly slap him, snap him up. So, yeah, let's let's hope that um, Arteta gets him also some minutes on the pitch. I mean, that will be crucial if he can also hit fi- firing all cylinders. I mean, if, if that front three can start, you know, almost replacing each other without you know the team feeling it, and you can have a real mean machine squad at I mean you, you look at Liverpool they're down to their bare bones and you and they can feel it I mean Arsenal we, we've had we've had a bombing out for a while we've had certain players out for a while but you know some, you can see players can deputize so you know hopefully Arteta keeps on rotating the right play like giving everybody a chance but also not weakening the squad in that same breath yeah so we move our attention now to today's match that's going to you know kick off in a few hours time Burnley versus Arsenal. I mean, we're going to have to, you know, as much as, as sometimes it looks almost like a banker on paper, um, 
it's going to be another workout for us against the Clarets because, I mean, we know Sean Dice normally, you know, gets his teams fired up, especially against us because, you know, he likes a, a right scrap, you know, but like, like you have the problem with, with Sam Allardyce and Bolton back in the day. Oh, yeah, yeah, but but I, I'm not definitely not a fan of um, Mr. Ashley Barnes that always seems to be uh, giving us a, a hard time. Yeah, but I think that, uh, what was it, that Chris Wood is also somebody that likes, you know, getting stuck in when they play us. You know, like yeah. aerial approach where he, like, just throws his body on the line, kind of, you know, making a nuisance of himself. But, I mean, look, Burnley do have a tendency, a tendency to draw a lot of games, as well as being very, you know, a goal-shy team, because I think they got 20, uh, 19 goals in the last 27 games. Um, so, I mean, we need, we do need to do some uh, rapid climbing up the table, and, I mean... This is also the right place and time to play them also now because they also have been very, you know, on off at the moment. But like you said, they, they, they did get it through against Leicester as well. So it's going to be a really interesting game today to see, you know, how they're going to be playing up against us and, you know, how Arsenal going to combat that tough side because Leicester's a different kettle of fish. You know, Leicester's going to run at you, play, but um, Burnley's going to tackle you. They're going to run into you and, you know, make things very difficult for you as well in their own right. Look, they're going to probably play for the set-pieces thing, like, you know, corners, free-kick, stuff like that. So, I mean, that's where we need to be, you know, weary. And, and I mean, look, they do have a rock in the defence in Nick Pope, because, I mean, yes. he's the goalkeeper that's almost like holding them from, you know, sinking even further down the table. You know, because, look, they're not that much of an attacking side. So, anything, any scraps they get, they do have him normally to show up the things at the back. No, 100%. It's almost like, you know, in Anderson left Sheffield United, you saw... I wouldn't say he's there, he's in there where they are, where they are now. But, I mean, you, you can see the difference a keeper makes that can, you know, if you're not scoring, well, I'll do to that nil-nil draw even. So, Aston Villa seems to have that with Martinez at the moment. So, with that, we switch our attention now to next Thursday's game. Yeah, uh, oh, Arsenal. It's, you know, grind, Groundhog Day again as we have to face the current Greek champions. Uh, you know, the Greeks are quite a free-scoring team, so we know... What do you expect from them? Because, I mean, their top players, uh, what's it, Yusele, uh, El Arabi. And, I mean, he's got like something like 17 goals this, for the season for them already. Oh, I, I really want to get this Olympiacos team back. I don't know, Socrates, I don't know if he's a starter at the team. But, I mean, I'm sure he also wants to get back at Arsenal or Ateta, especially after the way things um, ended at the club. Yeah, and, I mean, look, they got now that... Uh, the, the French, what you call, uh, you know, a legend, I guess, Valbuena. And, I mean, he's, like, second in the, in the assist scoring charts with five assists. And, I mean, the Fortunas, who we talked about last season already, he's got, like, nine assists for them already. Yeah, uh, Valbuena is always a tricky character. You know, that, that that's always as slippery as an eel, as you would say. So, um, he, he's that kind of guy that's, like, you know, always can find a gap, find space. So Arsenal didn't have to watch out for that. But, you know, playing that away leg first is so vital to get that goal and, and just take it from there. I mean, is a second leg going to be played the Emirates or is it still, you know, rules against that? No, I mean, both teams will be playing their own matches at okay. the home ground. So, there's no travelling, we're travelling arrangements, etc. Okay, no, that's, that's definitely a plus side. I mean, that's going to... You know, Arsenal in Greece seem to seem to be doing their business always in Greece. It just seems when when Olympiacos of late comes to the Emirates, I mean, we needed a, a Olivier Giroud hat trick the last time to see us through in the group stages, and um, yeah, let's just hope that Arsenal don't have that same fate. So I, I think 
um, if we learn anything from Benfica, what we what we can take into this game is take your chances away from home. I mean, you never know what happens. A guy to stand over free kick, you know, and suddenly you two away goals down. So always, oh, it's just very became It's very like you know, away from home, it's good, but you need to make your advantages count. Aubameyang, please no misses in front of balls. Yeah. So with that, I mean, I don't know if you have any talking points as we round off. I mean, that's a much shortened podcast as we usually do. But I mean, look, since we're doing it on a Saturday and I mean, the match is kicking off in a few hours. So I'm sure everybody would also want to get ready for the game as well. So do you have any pointers you want to make for me? I think it's a perfect time for a pre-match lesson before the game. Get yourself psyched up and get ready for the game. Yeah. Okay, then, guys, take care. Enjoy the game. Let's hope for the three points. Come on, guys. Bye. Yes, guys. Let's get the three points and, you know, Get the revenge on Burnley from early on the season.